Hello and welcome to another podcast for the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health. My name is Elizabeth Slighton and I'll be interviewing Francesca Salmi, the lead author of a new paper on psychotic episodes in early adolescence and disordered eating behaviors. Dr. Salmi, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? So I am um, a Sarah Henry Wolcombe postdoctoral fellow in the Division of Psychiatry uh, and my main research focus is to study what are the causes for eating disorders, particularly early life and childhood risk factors for the development of eating disorders. So just to jump right into it, this paper investigates the associations between psychotic episodes in early adolescence and disordered eating behaviors at 18 years of age. Could you tell our listeners what the theory behind investigating this association was? So we know that psychotic experiences, um, such as um, hallucinations or delusions, that are symptoms of psychotic disorders like schizophrenia, can actually be quite common in late childhood and adolescence. Although these symptoms are shared with psychotic disorders, uh, not all children that have psychotic experiences will develop a psychotic disorders. But some, uh, we know from research that children who have psychotic experiences are more likely to develop some mental health problem later in life, such as um, depression or self-harm or substance abuse. All of these conditions are actually also commonly observed in people who have eating disorders or disordered eating. But very few studies have looked at whether eating disorders happen more frequently among people who've had um, a psychotic experience. We know from clinical studies that um, affective and non-affective psychosis and eating disorders can be comorbid, uh, but little is known about what happens uh, at the symptom level in the general population. Why is this important? Um, That is because a clinical population can often be unrepresentative. So for instance, it's possible that people with more complex presentations that have more than one condition are more likely to be seen in services. So it is possible that these comorbidities are captured more frequently in clinical population. Um, On the other hand, if we looked at symptoms in the population, uh, we can learn more about whether this association happens uh, along the whole spectrum of severity and in more representative uh, samples. So if we see this association at the symptom level, it is more likely um, that this uh, association are less biased. So there have been a couple of studies that have looked at this in the past, but they mostly focused on adults, uh, and they have asked about psychotic symptoms and eating disorders at the same time. So we want, or they have asked, for instance, are people to um, recall when the symptoms have started. So this sometimes can lead to inaccurate results um, because people recall things differently or they don't give us any indication about which symptom came first. So we wanted to look um, in adolescence because this is when symptoms typically emerge and we wanted to look at this longitudinally. So we wanted to see which one came first because the idea was that if we could show the psychotic experiences come first and disordered eating come later on, um, then there is some evidence that there's the psychotic experiences can be at the course of disordered eating. Um, so we were lucky to have access to data from the Avon Longitudinal Study of Parents and Children, or ASPAC, um, that have uh, collected information on these behaviours prospectively. So we had data on psychotic experiences at age 12 and 13, and uh, when eating disorders are quite rare, and then eating disorders later on in adolescence. So we could look at this uh, association longitudinally, basically. And what were your main findings? So we found that uh, indeed children uh, who had psychotic experiences at 12 um, had increased risk of having disordered eating behaviour at 18. So this was any disordered eating behaviour and more disordered eating behaviour. Um, the way that we defined uh, this behaviour were, for instance, binge eating, so that is 
eating a large amount of food in a short period of time and feeling a sense of loss of control over the amount of food eaten or self-induced vomiting or use of laxatives for weight loss, fasting for weight loss um, and excessive exercise again to try to lose weight. So we looked at all of these behaviours together and independently and we did see um, association across the board. So you adjusted your analyses for potential confounders. Do you mind explaining what these confounders were and how this adjustment impacted your results? Sure. So in our analysis, we um, accounted for a number of factors which we hypothesized could be common causes of both psychotic experiences and disordered eating. So these factors were child sex, uh, maternal age, education, depressive symptoms and uh, social class defined by type of profession. Um, and we also adjusted for a child's uh, autistic traits at age seven years and also child's BMI um, and depressive symptoms at baseline, so around the time when psychotic experiences were asked about. Um, and we did this because um, it has been hypothesized that this could be common cause for both conditions. So we observed that psychotic experience and disordered eating were associated very strongly before adjustment for these uh, confounding factors. And we also observed that um, adjustment for child sex and maternal characteristics, um, child BMI and autistic traits did not alter much this association. However, when we adjusted for uh, depressive symptoms at baseline, the magnitudes of these associations were reduced. So this means that basically depression accounted for some uh, associations between psychotic experiences and disordered eating. For some specific outcomes, like binge eating and purging, um, actually we did not find uh, evidence on association after we adjusted for depressive symptoms. Uh, but other association like with fasting or any disordered eating or number of disordered eating still remain and were quite strong even after adjusting for depressive symptoms. And what were the confounders you were not able to account for? So there were some uh, confounding factors we could have and ideally we would have wanted to adjust for, uh, but we were not able to for a number of reasons. The one was um, substance use, for instance, um, because we know that uh, substance use can lead to both psychotic experiences and changes in, in eating patterns. Um, however, substance use were quite rare, was quite rare at age 12, so we could have included it, but we would have had very low numbers that would have resulted in very low statistical power. So we decided against it, but definitely future studies should try and do that if they have sufficient numbers. We also couldn't um, adjust, we didn't adjust for pubertal timing, but we hypothesized that it would have affected this association by its effects on um, depressive symptoms and child BMI, which we had adjusted for in our analysis. So we think that that should wouldn't make much difference to our analysis. But again, this is based on our assumptions, so other studies could also test that. And what are the next steps in this line of research? So in terms of next steps, um, I think that um, compared to other mental health problems, there is very little longitudinal life course research in eating disorders. So definitely future studies should try and focus on exploring more risk factors for eating disorders using uh, longitudinal study design and general population samples to avoid some of the sort of drawbacks that um, stem from the use of clinical sample and cross-sectional design. And I think it would also be interesting to explore more the coexistence of psychotic symptoms and disordered eating behaviors and diagnosis in other population and maybe at different ages or even in population who have um, a first episode of psychosis but have not started taking antipsychotic medication to see 
if this comorbidity is also observed in different settings or with different definition of psychotic symptoms. And finally, to follow up, what are some of the potential future implications for clinical practice? One take-home message from this study for me is that especially for clinicians, if they see a child that has some mental health difficulties uh, that include the presence of um, psychotic experiences, it would be important to ask questions about their eating behaviours as well. And this is important because we know that disordered eating uh, behaviours are a factor for developing eating disorders. And the more a person is left without treatment when they have um, disordered eating behaviour or eating disorder, the more difficult it becomes to then treat um, these people to once certain patterns have been established for a long time. We also know that a large proportion of um, adolescents with eating disorders are not identified uh, in primary care or they are identified when symptoms are really severe and it's more difficult to intervene. So if we have we know that the children who have depressive symptoms, psychotic experiences are at greater risk of having disordered eating and a greater risk for eating disorders, then that's, those are tools that we can use to identify people early and prevent onset of uh, more serious conditions. Thanks, Dr. Salmi, for your time. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening.